This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 142 with Mike Vardy. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 142. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. All right, so let's talk about today's guest. I met Mike Vardy in the Philippines. He was a speaker at Tropical Think Tank, and I was really excited to hear him talk because he's a productivityist, and nothing makes me more excited than figuring out productivity hacks. So I was very excited to learn from Mike. I knew he had just a wealth of information behind him. I know he has amazing life experience and professional experience working with people as a productivityist. He's also a very accomplished writer and speaker, so he just had so much to offer. Then we we got to hang out on a boat. We went on a snorkeling excursion one of our days in the Philippines, and we ended up sitting next to each other. His a lovely and awesome wife, Anne, was there, and we got totally sucked in talking about Legos for probably two hours straight. And so it was a really fun conversation, but it was really fun to meet Mike professionally during a lot of the event, but then also sit next to him and just talk about like family talk and Lego talk. It was really, really cool. So that was really fun to have that connection with him and really get to know him on a little bit more of a personal level. So you'll hear some of those pieces, personal and professional pieces interwoven into our interview today. Let me tell you a little more specifically about Mike's background. Mike Vardy is a writer and a productivity strategist and the founder of Productivityist over at Productivityist.com. He served as the managing editor at Lifehack and written for 99U, Lifehacker, Success Magazine, and more. Mike has also spoken all over North America at events like TEDx, South by Southwest Interactive, 
Napo and Creative Live. So he's very, very accomplished. It's an honor to have him on the show. I'm very excited to hear Mike share why structure equals freedom, the true definition of productivity, the power of time management for kids, what is time crafting and how can you do it? Why you should theme your days vertically and horizontally. I'm telling you, this is a game changer. And also the power and the joy of keeping a daily journal. So let's go ahead and dive in with Mike Vardy. Mike Vardy, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Sarah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you having me on the show. This will be fun. So for people listening in, I have to share that we met in the Philippines and you're like now part of my Philippine crew because I've interviewed so many people that I met at Tropical Think Tank, but you were one of the presenters. So you were like in the upper echelon. Yeah, I think everybody there was like, we had a lot of high achievers and high performers we, at that event. It was did. amazing. It was really amazing. And I've talked a lot about why I chose to go and how it was totally out of my comfort zone. And I was nervous going into it. But it was such a cool experience to be in a small environment with high achievers is intimidating because you can't hide. But it really pushes you to think big and grow in ways that are a little uncomfortable, but very, very necessary if you want to keep meeting bigger goals. So I definitely uh, experienced yeah, that. Yeah. And I think all the speakers felt that too. It wasn't just, I think everybody there felt like, okay, well, let's next level this stuff up. Yeah. So I, I mean, Chris is doing his next big event in the UK, which I'm sure will be no different. Yeah. In terms of the quality, it'll be different in that you're not going to be necessarily walking around in bikinis and swim trunks. <laughs> right. But... There won't be so much beach life. We got a lot of beach life in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But November in the UK, I imagine is going to be a little bit of a different, it'll be more like the weather we're used to up here for most of the yes. most of the year. Yes. So Mike is up, you're in Victoria, correct? Yep. Yeah. So Mike yep. is in Victoria, Canada. I'm here in Seattle. So we're used to a lot of gray and rain. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the Philippines and I sunburned within 15 minutes of being there. And I know you and your wife were like, you were much more careful than I was. You, I don't think you guys, we, as we'd much. been there for a couple of weeks too. Right. So we oh, like went right. for a three week trip. So it was like, all right, how do we make sure that we don't like burn ourselves in the first? Cause right. if we did get burnt, I would have been miserable at tropical think tank because we were there a whole week beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys were all so smart. I was one of the only people that came in very last minute. So I decided to go to a conference in the Philippines and then I got there like the day that things began. I got there that morning. So everyone else got there multiple days in advance and was adapted to the major time change. And I was like dying. I felt like I was going to throw up every night. I was so tired from jet lag. And we didn't even have as far to go as some of the people from other parts yeah. of the United States and Canada. I mean, and even people from the UK were coming for greater distance. The only people I think that didn't have to travel as far would be people coming from Australia and New Zealand and right. stuff. We Being on the West Coast, we actually are a lot closer than I thought we were compared to everybody else. Right. I still think it was like 13 hours oh, yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will mess with you. But I will say it's amazing when you're really inspired and engaged in what you're doing. It's amazing what you can push through. Like your body is so in a different place, but your heart and your mind are just like, no, like I'm in it. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stick with this and I'm going to make it work. It's kind of like being a parent, isn't it? it <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice connection there. That was awesome. So tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life, Mike, like things beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. So, you know, when it comes to the work I do and living the life I've got, I mean, I'm most excited right now about helping people craft their time. It's still the thing that like drives me. It's funny. I come from a background where I was a performer. I was doing comedy. Then I worked in large industry, working for Costco, again, kind of based out of Seattle, but I was up here in Canada. And so, I mean, I've wanted to help people for a long time and entertain them at the same time. And I think I've hit this 
interesting sweet spot where it's all kind of coming together. And the other thing that's exciting me right now is that I'm spending time studying older methods. Like we're talking hundred year old methods of managing time and motion and, you know, things like that, because I want to have the capability of saying, look, these things have worked for years. Yes. You know, we live in a much faster culture. Yes. You know, we can travel for miles and, you know, not even have to travel for miles to connect with anybody. So I'm out to kind of look at the past ways that things were done and, you know, kind of bring them into the modern era and say, look, you know, this is how it was done 100 years ago. Things don't really have to change all that much. But the other thing that's really exciting me is that I'm trying to do this for kids as well, because one of the things that and this came to me when I was at a conference called the Dad Summit. It happens every year. It kind of was born from the Mom Summit, Mom 2.0. It's now Dad 2.0. And I was at the event in Washington, D.C. back in 26. It would have been 2016. And Brad Meltzer, he's an author, and he was talking about like just spending time with his kids, and he's written books both for his son and his daughter. And he's a comic book artist, so I was kind of into that because I'm into comic book stuff as well. I've got a pretty massive – well, we talked about Lego and Green Lantern and stuff like that when we were down. <laughs> we have kids who are huge Lego fanatics. Yeah, huge fanatics. But I sat there, and I started to think about like, listen, these things – like the things that – Kids don't learn in school, and time management is one of those things. Mm-hmm. They're kind of brought into it because you're told to go to certain classes at certain times. But once they're out of school, it's like, okay, you're on your own. And you're almost taught that the freedom that when you leave you know, high school and go off to college, the freedom is – or even leave college and go off to the workforce is that your freedom – is now that you don't have to follow a schedule or a structure. Whereas my belief is that it's actually the framework that fosters the freedom. So mm-hmm. I'm passionate about teaching kids that like, and we're talking after talking to educators, like executive functioning skills need to be taught at like the grade four or five, six level. So I'm exploring how to do that, which is again, why I'm looking back at the work by like Lillian and Frank Gilbreth who are the subject of cheaper by the dozen, you know, that movie with Steve Martin yeah. and, and even before that. Yeah. Like that family, was Frank and Lillian Gilbreth, they were efficiency experts. That's how their household was run. And the original version back in the 50s actually uses their name. And Lillian Gilbreth was like a pioneer of time and and motion theory and time management. She was like Time Magazine Woman of the Year back in 1948. She's like... Oh, yeah. Like she invented things like the butter container that, you know, the butter compartment in your fridge. And she had a hand in creating the electric mixer. And there's a desk that like a workstation, you know, the workstations you'd often find in kitchens where bills would be paid and all that stuff. That was her. And so I'm spending time looking at that stuff because when you look back at that stuff and you look at it from that critical vantage point and because I've spent over a decade studying productivity and time management, I'm trying to bring all these things together in a way that, you know, now that we're in the 21st century, as odd as it sounds to say that, I want to be able to say, okay, look, these things that happened back then can happen now for the high-functioning CEO who runs like multi-million dollar corporations to the stay-at-home parent that really just wants to make sure that they can, you know, as I was saying before we started recording, make sure that they can cook dinner that everybody will eat and do so in a way that's (laughs) not going to be a huge pain in the ass for them to do. Right. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Well, yeah, and I think that that reference to like functional systems and going back to, I love what you said about things in the kitchen. I'm obsessed with things being functional in the kitchen and systematic in the kitchen because I have a kitchen that is not functional or systematic. And so I'm always dreaming about how to make it better until we can actually afford to do it, totally gut it. And what you said about, you know, having the little desk like built in so that if you're a mother who spends most of your time in the kitchen, of course it makes sense to have a little desk right there so that you can be running quickly between like the oven and the desk. Back in the day when you actually wrote letters to people, it's like you're writing your letters and then the timer goes off. Like that's so much better than me running down to my basement to sit at my desk and then running upstairs. Well, and the other thing is, wouldn't it be great if you could start writing letters again? Like, yeah. this is the kind of stuff I'm exploring, too, yeah. because it's those things that are getting lost in this culture of speed. Yeah. Productivity to me is, I mean, we used to call it personal productivity. Like, you got a personal productivity planner, and all of a sudden, personal got cast aside. Like, mm-hmm. it just got thrown aside because productivity was meant to be get as many things done as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Efficiency and effectiveness. I'm a big believer in personal productivity, and really pure productivity is about intention plus attention. So what are your intentions? So I want to write letters. Okay, great. To like family and friends, or I want to get Christmas cards out or holiday cards out in time, you know, rather than sending off those emails from bluemountain.com or whatever. I want to actually send physical cards out. Okay, well, how are you going to pay attention to that so that your intentions get met? Well, I know, you know, making the Christmas cards in November, or I will have a system in place where 
you know, there's a reminder that shows up or I will, you know, get the kids to help me. Like, so I think what happens is we spend so much time trying in this idea of of lifestyle design or in this idea of, you know, let's get things done that we're not really looking at the okay. This is the what we have to get done, but why are we doing it and how can we do it in a way that the why really, really like we get a 10 out of 10 on the why as opposed to like just a good enough on the why. Like there's actually some purpose and maybe some love or excitement and emotion behind the action rather than just trying to get something done for the sake of crossing it off the list. I'll give you a great example. Like my mom two years ago was really mad at me because she didn't get a Christmas card. Now we (laughs) sent her a Christmas email But she was so mad that she didn't get a Christmas card because there's something about that, right? Mm -hmm. And that reaction triggered me to say, you know what, never again. And I actually, you know what I did? I mean, my mom might listen to this. So mom, there it is. I'm now (laughs) sure that the magician is telling his tricks. As soon as I got that email within a week, I wrote the Christmas card for the next Christmas. (laughs) Nice. And I had it ready. And then I had my productivity app, my task app said mail Christmas card. And I mailed it like November 1st because, again, living on Vancouver Island, you know, we have to send things a little bit sooner because there's a body of water between us and the mainland. So these are the things you can do. Like, wouldn't it be interesting? And I mean, it sounds really ridiculous, but wouldn't it be interesting is on we have Boxing Day up here in Canada, like the 26th, and it's celebrated in other Commonwealth countries. Wouldn't it be great as like, it'd be just fascinating to me, and I might actually try this this year, is to say, you know what, it's Christmas, I'm in the spirit already, right? Let me make my cards for next year now and have them ready to go. Oh my gosh. And what a relief the next year because you're, yeah. that's like kind of always a cram last minute kind of a thing. It's like taxes, right? Like right. we know that tax day is going to show up for you guys. Oh. I think it's what, April 15th, right? Yes, yes. And for us, it's April 30th. But on April 16th, do you start preparing or better still <laughs> on January 1st, do you start saying, okay, let's make sure that we do enough every month so that when April 15th rolls around, we're not going, oh, well, let's get these done. No, very few people do this, right? right? But it's just smart. It's just working smarter to say, okay, it's January 1st. Let's start setting the books up and everything for the next year. Or let's start it in December because, you know, January 1st, we're doing 20 million other things. So it's just about being, you know, again, saying, what are my intentions? Okay, great. I know these are the things that I really want to do. These are the what. Okay, now, how do I do them in a way? And first off, why do I want to do them? Well, I want to be in the Christmas spirit or I don't want to be panicking on April 14th to get my taxes done. Okay, so how do I do it? Well, I'm going to have a reminder that's set up or I'm going to use a tool or I'm going to have hire out a bookkeeper or whatever you're going to do. So that way, it's something that you can accomplish because we spend so much time in the day to day just rushing through things like just Mm -hmm. trying to get through the day that these things which are really, really important get cast aside until they become urgent. And when they become urgent, then you can't give them the quality that they deserve, you know, to really shine, right? Right, right. One of the things that I've just got done with running a mastermind group with some of our shameless moms and what came up over and over again is something that you mentioned a few minutes ago is that when structure brings freedom and how great that feels. And oftentimes we think like, oh, I don't want to add another thing and I don't want to put another routine in place. But what you're talking about right now is a routine that would actually free up mental space and energy and also free up time in the long run. And I think that is ridiculously freeing to parent to mothers and parents once you actually do it. And you can't understand what that feels like until you actually do it. And that was one of the biggest takeaways from our mastermind group was that all of these moms were saying, 
oh my gosh, I didn't understand that like if I got up 10 minutes early and did these three things before my kids got up, that it changed like my whole day, which would change my whole week, which has made this whole month the best month of my year, you know, and it just becomes this really freeing thing. And that feels so good. Yeah. I mean, and there's other things you can do too, like Evernote, which is a great tool. What I did when my daughter was, I think, seven or eight is she started to learn how to use the computer. And Evernote has this little elephant logo that you can use as a web browser extension, right? So you can clip things you find on the web and store them in Evernote. Well, on the home computer upstairs, I know my wife isn't using Evernote, so I just had the default notebook go Grace's gift guide. And so if she found something that she liked, she would click on the elephant and save it, and then it would go into this notebook that would show all the things that Grace might want. And so when her birthday – like her birthday is February 13th, like first week of February or maybe even the middle of January would roll around. I'd look at that and I'd have a recurring you know, every month to take a look at it. And I'd say, hey, Anne, look. Here are the 18 things that Grace has said that she likes. (laughs) Nice. You know, I mean these are things that you can do on an ongoing basis because you're right. It's that mental bandwidth. And then if anything – Doing this consistently, you don't have to do it for everything either. In fact, I highly recommend that you don't try to do it all at once. That's why I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions because January 1st rolls around and we're like, okay, let's do yoga and let's <laughs> learn how to bake. And, you know, I'm going to take a class on how to use my iPhone better. And like, no, pick too much. Pick, yeah, it's too much. And you're at your lowest form of energy too, right? Because you've just gone through the crazy six weeks of holiday and family and travel. And then January 1st rolls around like, okay. Time to roll out of bed. And of course, you roll out of bed to go to the yoga class. And how many people are there? Everyone is there because (laughs) everyone is doing it. And so I'm a big believer in starting your year whenever you want. But for me, I mirror it around the school year. So for me, the kids start school in September. So that's when I start my year. Because then at the end of the year, in July, August, it's kind of like the wind down period. The kids are out of school anyway. You know, so just because the calendar says January to December doesn't mean that you should necessarily make your year January to December. You could make it however you want it to be. But when you start to tack on too many things at once, then all of them can fall apart. So pick like one or two. And the one thing that I find that when you start to be more proactive and you marry those intentions with attention is that you actually are able to be shameless because you don't have the shame of like, oh, no, I didn't get those Christmas or, oh, man, I have to like my wife and I, we have, you know, a regular meeting and it's fallen off a little bit recently because end of school year things are going crazy. But we normally have a meeting like every week and we call it the effing meeting. (laughs) And it's the three F's. Food, finance, and family. Nice. So so we talk about – yeah, we talk about – and normally we talk about finance first because that predicates – that the painful one? It's also kind of the predicates what we might do with the family or what food we might eat. Right. You know, like if, if <laughs> like this week we're eating top ramen. <laughs> exactly. Like if it's been a slow remember, I'm so, you know, I run my own company. And it's, you know, so it's like, well, and my wife's an acupuncturist. So, you know, on the West Coast, which is, you know, basically like being a real estate agent on the West Coast right yeah. now. There's, you know, there's like, a million. Yeah, exactly. So basically, only you don't make as much as an acupuncturist <laughs> as you could with it as a real. But right. anyway, so we talk about finance. We look at the books, say, OK, well, here's what we have and here's what we're doing. And here's, you know, all that stuff. Then we talk about probably food next and we plan our meals for the next seven to 10 days out. Nice. So we're talking dinners. And what that does is it allows us to say, okay, are we going to do instant pot? Are we going to do sous vide? What nights are we going to do vegetarian? Because we want to do more vegetarian. Like, how are we going to do this? Are we going to go out for dinner one night? Well, looking at the family schedule, oh my goodness, Grace has banned that night and Colton's got so okay, you know what? We're going to go out. We're going to do yeah. a restaurant out. And then we actually keep track. Okay, well, we've done our 
one or two nights out per month. So no, we don't have those. So what are we going to do? And then the family stuff, which is okay. What family activities like this weekend, as we're recording this, I'm taking my son to a free comic book conference just down the road here from us because it's gets them out of the house. It's something we can do together. We do that kind of stuff, but we have to plan it in advance because if we don't, then it just, you know, Life is happening, as John Lennon says, when you're making other plans. So we're removing a lot of the shame that we could feel as parents or the guilt when we don't spend the time with the kids. Because the reason I'm running my own business, the reason my wife has gone off to do her business in a different way is for the freedom, is so that I can say to my kids, hey, do you want to go watch Wonder Woman at three in the afternoon? Let's go, right? You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah, I love that. You are a productivityist. Tell us what that title means. And tell us about your road, because I know you were a stay at home dad. And I think is that when you started getting into the time management and being maybe a little obsessed with productivity? (laughs) (laughs) No. So the term productivity was coined. I mentioned it off the cuff on an old podcast I did called Mics on Mics. Back, we're talking probably about six years ago, maybe actually more than that, like seven, eight years ago. Because when I started, the site was called Vardy.me for a long time. Like I was known as a person who studied productivity, but I wasn't, you know, the productivityist or a productivityist. And someone kind of listened to that episode and took it and ran with it and wrote a blog post about it. So I just said, okay, you know what? I guess this is my personal brand, so I'm going to run with it. Nice. And it, I love that. Kind of how it happened. And it's kind of the evolution of, I think, a productivity is to someone who's initially like an enthusiast. So they want to do better. Or, you know, they want to be more productive. Then for me, I became a specialist. So I okay. studied this stuff. And you know, all the different like getting things done and the Covey method and all these other different methodologies and frameworks. But then I've become a strategist since then. So, you know, at my talk at Tropical Think Tank and when I deal with clients, I have my own method I teach. I call it time crafting. And, you know, it was initially called the now year method, which I still kind of throw around. But time crafting, a easier to say, I was kind of tired of everyone saying, OK, so you're called productivity is productivitist product. <laughs> and then and then like, oh, and I teach the now year method. Oh, the now your method. No, now I'm like, you know what? I just need something that people can say easily. Right. And that came to me when my son, who was playing Minecraft, showed me how Minecraft works. I'm like, that's really what I'm doing with time in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm putting different pieces together. So time crafting. Anyway. So I started my path to what I do now while working at Costco as a manager. Oh, I was I trying know to that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So so I started at Costco. I moved out west and I became a manager when I moved out west. So I'm originally from like the Toronto area and then I moved to Vancouver and then ultimately to Victoria where I became a manager of two different departments. So if you've ever been in a Costco before, which I'm sure you have. Yeah. Anyone who's listening to this probably has been to a Costco. Yeah, most moms spend a decent amount of time there, I think. <laughs> so, so, there's the two, yeah, so there's the two areas that I ran. I ran the food court, the hot dog stand, but I also ran the rotisserie chicken area, the deli, which they're at two opposite ends of the building. Plus, they're two different types of businesses. Like no one goes – I can't say no one. Very few people go to Costco to say, I'm just going to go get a hot dog. No, right. it's the impulse buy on the way. It's a customer service. It's more of a service-oriented business. Whereas the service deli, you had to plan its merchandising. Like, okay, how many chicken pot pies are we going to sell this week? So very two different types of businesses in two different parts of the building. Plus I was dating my wife at the time, you know, when things are, and we were, you know, trying to do at that point in time was introduced back into comedy. So trying to balance all these things. And I said, you know, I need to study something that's going to allow me to do all of these things at a high level. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was up late at night. I am a night owl. And Tony Robbins came on the TV and I'd watched his stuff before, but it was called Get the Edge, the program at the time. And I'm like, you know what? I need this. I'm going to buy it. 
And then I went to Tony Robbins' site and he had a program called Time of Your Life. And I'm like, oh, that's what I really need. So then I bought that, but I got it off eBay because I didn't want to pay full price. <laughs> and then I started to study this stuff and get really good at it. And then I looked at Covey's stuff and then Brian Tracy and David Allen, who is the founder of Getting Things Done. But then what happened is I became <laughs> I became the very thing I was – like the very thing I was studying became, like you said, the obsession. So yeah. all the other things I was doing were not being as affected by it as I would have liked because now I'm really obsessed with productivity. To wrap this up, ultimately, I worked my way out of Costco. My last job there was being one of the people that was at the front door greeting people with the clicker and all that stuff. Yeah. Ultimately, at that point in time, I was a father. And the reason I made the jump is because my daughter was born. And I said, you know what? I want to make sure that my daughter sees me doing something I love doing. And I'm not loving this right now. So <laughs> I, need to, I need to move on. So when I did that, then I had a couple other part-time jobs. Ultimately, went to work for the local film festival. And what happened was, is I was building my online profile as a productivity expert while I was working at this film festival, got to the point where I was working 80 hours a week, 40 oh hours, 40 hours off. And I had to make a decision. Like my son was being born. This is at the point now where we're ready for a second child. And we know this is coming in Canada. We have the benefit of paternity leave and extended you know, maternity leave, which you guys should totally have down there. <laughs> we could maybe use that as an example for something we should consider someday. Our- <laughs> uh, yeah, it should definitely be happening. Yes, um, I agree. And, so what happened was, is at that point in time, I decided, okay, what are we going to do? Do I stay at this arts program, like this arts funded site, which is funded by government, which, you know, arts funding is tenuous anywhere. Do I keep pushing with this online life? And I decided I'm going to go online. So when my son was born, we made a very calculated decision. My son was born. My wife took the first three months. I took the next nine of the parental leave. And so I didn't quit my job at that point. I was still at the film festival, but I was on, you know, leave. And then I told my boss basically about a month and a half before I came back, I said, I'm not coming back. So when I come back, I'll come back for like a month or two. And what you can do is you can elbow part time and I'll train my successor. I gave her like a month to do that. And then I left and that was it. And so honestly, the stuff I teach helped me navigate the waters of being someone who is trying to balance this full time job, this transition into a new career. And yet has allowed me to be like my kids. They don't remember me working at anything other than what I do now. They don't. And that freedom and, you know, Derek Sivers has this great talk and a great post where he talks about, like, talk about this at World Domination Summit, actually. Three things. You go into business for yourself for three things, either fame, fortune, or freedom. All three have a role, but one will stand out, and it was the freedom. And so that's kind of how I got to where I'm at now. And if someone had told me, like, five years, even, you know, ten years ago, hey, guess what? You're going to be on a podcast talking to Sarah from Seattle, to shameless mothers everywhere – about, you know, what you do and it won't be what you're doing now. I'll be like, yeah, because no one wants to listen to me talk about Costco for <laughs> now. But that's kind of what happened. And, you know, it's been great. And I get to spend every day. In fact, today at 2.30 when my son's done school, I'll be picking him up. And best part is I don't know what I'm going to do with him after school. But I know from 2.30 until he goes to bed, I'm doing something with him. Nice. I love that. And I love that I think this is such a common theme that I see among moms and after kids are born that I think you can't see it till you're outside of it, which I hear in your story as well, is that we're often like making these little steps and there's these all these stepping stones from one part of our life or from one iteration of our life to the next. And when you're 
living that, it seems like these big transitions that seem scary mm-hmm. and overwhelming and really big and really consuming. But when you look back at it, you're like, oh, these are the stepping stones I needed to take to get from like this old life that was no longer serving me to something that now serves me in my role as a parent. And because I think there's such an evolution personally when you become a parent in terms of wanting to have something that maybe work that's more fulfilling or work that's more flexible. And so I think it's important that we look at these little steps that we take over time really are significant. And sometimes when we're in the middle of that, it just seems overwhelming and messy and confusing. And but a lot of it is like little steps that are necessary to lead into the next thing. And ultimately, you get there. And so looking at you now, like you have arrived, like you're doing the thing you wanted to be doing, and it took some steps to get there. And you manage your way through those steps. But ultimately, you can do it if you are consistently working toward the goal over time. And the thing is, time goes way faster than we give it credit for. I mean, just look at your kids like that in and of itself should be something to take into account. Like when I was leaving Costco, I didn't just quit. I wanted to. And there's an article I read recently, a Harvard Business Review, why you should leave a job when you don't have another job. And there are some very good you know, attributes mentioned there. I was very calculated as I left Costco because I had a family. Like I can't just say, OK, you know what? Like there are bills to pay. But what I did was I said, OK. Again, I stepped back, and this is what we don't do often enough. And again, this relates back to what we were talking about earlier. I stepped back and got some perspective and said, okay, look, I don't want to be doing this over the long term, but I know that this is what I need to be doing right now. So how do I get to what I want to be doing? Well, first off, I'm going to wait for the right opportunity, and while I'm doing that, I'm just going to do what I need to do and find other things outside of my work to make – You know, I'm still going to build this other stuff while this is going on. And what happened was is every day – I would check the job board in the Costco lunchroom. And one day, oh, and I also made a point of saying when I stepped down because I knew the way the machine worked was I'm not going to go to full time. I'm going to go to part time. So I didn't go from like full time manager to full time employee to part time. Like I went from full time manager, high five figures at the time, which would probably be six figures now for anyone doing that role now to part time person working at the front door. So I was a pretty big drop. But I had to say, okay, look, that's going to allow me to have some freedom because right. if I went from full-time to full-time, then I would be making less money. I'd have less responsibility, but I wouldn't be any happier. Right. So what I said, I need to take some of my time back. So one day the job posting went up for part-time member service and that's who the people are that work the front door. And they are also the ones that go out and walk around the building and they're the people you see wandering around and you don't know quite what they're doing. <laughs> that's them. And so I saw that and I literally, it went up. The, the manager, who's a friend of mine, went up and I watched him leave the lunchroom and I grabbed it, pulled it down and I went to my warehouse manager's office and I said, I'm stepping down. I'm giving you a month's notice. And by the way, whenever you leave something, a month is always good to give because, yeah. again, time goes by so fast. And he was like, great, we're going to put you like, where do you want to go for a full time front end, like cashier? What do you want to do? And I said, no, I want this job. And I handed him the posting, which had literally gone up, what, a minute or two before. <laughs> and he said, but this is part time. And I said, yeah, because I want to have the freedom to do the next thing. And if I take full time, then I have to ask you if I can leave early on these days. But if I take part time and I want to earn more money, you have and you say, hey, can you stay later? Then the choice is mine. Right. And I also want a job where I really don't have to think all that much. And again, based on my seniority, based on my role, they had to give it to me. And they did. And it was honestly one of the best experiences because it allowed me to start building my business slowly but surely while still earning an income and yet not giving up all my time in the process. 
I love that. Well, I love the idea of being strategic about your transitions, which once you have a family, you really do have to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, a lot of people would say like, oh, like, why would you go to part time or why would you take this paying cut or this, your status even? But when it's a strategic move, it's really important. And that allows for the transition that you want, which I think is also really crucial. So yeah, like we killed cable. Did, like you have to make compromises. You yeah. kill cable, you do those things too. But you have to decide what do you really want? And if you really want that thing, whether it's to send Christmas cards every year or whether it's, you know, and make sure you don't miss a beat or whether you want to step down from the job or leave the PTA because you're like, you know what, this is really draining, but how do I make sure I do it in a responsible way? You've got to map it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So speaking of mapping it out, tell us about time crafting because that is also very strategic. And I think that that is something that is so relevant to our listeners, whether you're looking at making a big transition, like Mike has just explained how he's made some big transitions, or if you're just looking at how to be more productive in your day, or maybe just how to have like more mental freedom or time freedom. What is time crafting and how do you do it? So time crafting is made up of several different components, but the great thing about it is that you don't have to do all of them to be time crafting. And that's one of the flaws I found when studying productivity is that a lot of them are like, if you're not doing everything, then you're not doing it right. And we don't need that pressure. Like like there's a lot of (laughs) systems with too many pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like getting things done is great foundationally, but there's like, if you're not doing the weekly review, then you're not doing it. And a lot of people struggle with that because to sit down every week to look at all the stuff is very challenging for a lot of people. And so I wanted to make sure that I had an approach that was both top to bottom and bottom to top. So you could say, I want to start with my, you know, my three words for the year, which is part of the framework, or I want to start with how do I just get through today and let's do like a daily map kind of thing. But the biggest thing I think that helps people with this, there's two things I think that are really important with when it comes to time crafting. And I think if you adopt these in some form or another, you're going to see your productivity personally. I think you're going to see some real massive results is Theming your days is something that I strongly endorse. And you don't have to be, I mean, whether you're a stay-at-home parent or whether you're a working parent, you can do this because what you do is you say every day has an overarching focus. So the question that you end up asking yourself first thing in the morning isn't what am I going to do today or what do I need to do today? It's what day is it, which gives you a definitive answer. Whenever you give your brain more than it can handle, more answers that it can explore, it will go off into the weeds, into the forest. It will like, you know, well, you could do this or this or this. You get no clearer with what you want to do or you need to do. But if you say, hey, every Friday is my deep work day. Okay, well, what does deep work mean to me? Well, this is deep work. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's learning how to bake. Maybe it's, you know, studying marketing strategies for your website. Maybe it's just doing some deep planning. That gives you something to focus on. Now, when I say theme your days, I mean theme every single day, too. Ultimately, you want to get it where every day has meaning. And I can tell you, like, and I know I talked about this at Tropical Think Tank, but so I start my weeks on a Sunday. Sunday's planning day. Monday is my coaching day where I focus exclusively on coaching. Tuesday, I focus on admin tasks. Wednesday is my audio video day where I make podcasts and do video. Thursday is my learning day or training day where I'm learning myself as well as I'm building training materials for others, including my team and possibly clients. Friday is my deep work day where I very rarely do any appointments unless it works out really well. And I just focus on depth, like deep, deep work where I'm not really being interrupted. In fact, most of my social media updates for Friday would have been written the night before. Saturday is my family day, which means that if we're doing anything family oriented, that's the day we generally do it. And as I said, Sunday's planning day. So what happens is it gives you a compass. It gives you a pillar and waypoints, and that's what our brain needs. Now, not everybody can do 
daily. Some people are like, well, that doesn't work for me. Well, then you can do what I call horizontal theming, which is doing by blocks of time. So I also do horizontal theming in conjunction with daily theming. So from 9 to 10.30 in the morning and 9 to 10.30 at night, I have my writing time. So those trump those like override mm. the daily theme. So on Wednesday between nine and 10 30 in the morning, I'm doing writing. But then as soon as I get out of that writing block, it's like, okay, well, Oh, it's Wednesday, Wednesday's audio video. Let me look at the audio video I need to do. And if you have meetings or appointments or like dentist appointments, doctor's appointments, you know, parent teacher meetings, those are anomalies. Those are the exceptions to the rule. Right. So if you have to do something at 11 o'clock, like drop something off somewhere and you do that and it's on your Let's say it's your meal prep day. Let's say that's that's like you're focusing on kitchen. Maybe it's kitchen day. That's what you call it. And you're like, okay, at 11 o'clock, though, I got to go drop off the dry cleaning. So you go drop off the dry clean. You come back. Instead of coming back and going, well, let's see what's next on my list. You say, okay, it's, you know, today is kitchen day. What is on my list for that? And I would imagine, Sarah, I mean, that most people that are listening to this are doing this in some way, shape or form. Yeah. They've just never really had a name or, or a framework attached to it. Right. Well, and this framework can make it a little more or maybe a lot, depending on the person, a little more or a lot more organized mm. and put some firmer boundaries around it, which again leads to the freedom. But I think it would also lead to being more productive in the time that you have and not getting distracted. I was just talking to a woman who just finished my mastermind group who was talking about how she thought she was such a great multitasker. And she realized over the course of six weeks that that was like not a badge of honor to wear. And that it actually just meant that she started a lot of things and didn't finish any of them because she would start one thing and then like get distracted by something else. And just keep starting things. And I think that this idea of theming allows you to actually finish things that you start because you're only focusing on those things on those days. And so it really keeps you mindful of like, this is my day. I remember one of the things you talked about at Tropical Think Tank was like your day, you know, if it's a content creation day, then when you sit down at your computer, instead of thinking like, oh, I'm going to check Facebook and then I'm going to check email and then I'm going to check Instagram, which is like the loop that we can get on. Yep. Instead of doing that, you're like, no, today's content creation. I'm just going straight to content creation. And, you know, for a stay at home parent, I think it would be very similar. It would be instead of work related themes, you would just have your family or domestic you know, house duty related themes. And yeah, like, yeah, like laundry, day. like we have laundry day, don't we? Right, like right. laundry day is a thing. So, and the thing is the themes should probably be broad in spectrum. You don't want to be too specific yeah. because if you're too specific, then again, you run the risk of running out of things to do, quote unquote. Right. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, like you're not going to call it like, you know, household repair day because maybe you fix four <laughs> things and then that's it. And then you're like, okay, well now what do I do? And it's important for people who work too, because what happens when you get home from a nine to five job or whatever your hours are is you're like, okay, I'm home at five o'clock. What should I do now? Most people just collapse on the couch and, you know, watch Netflix or whatever. But if you say, Hey, you know what, I'm going to build something on the side or Friday is, you know, let's say Wednesday is partner night or date night, then you're going to foster that, right? And so I think we need to have those in place. And then the other thing I recommend is that you journal it too. Like keep a journal, chronicle it. And maybe you can say, hey, today was family day and it didn't work out so well, or today was laundry day and you know, I'm so tired of the kids not turning their clothes inside in, you know, before oh I put them in the laundry. <laughs> that I, is like, like my biggest pet peeve. Right, yeah. <laughs> And see, the thing about doing journaling is that it's for you. And when right. people say to me, and I remember, I don't know if I said this during the talk at the time, but I say this a lot, is when people say that, you know, I ask people in talks, I say, do you journal? And some people raise their hands. And then I say, how many of you Facebook? 
And they're, all their hands go up. I'm like, well, then you journal. You're just journaling for the world. <laughs> totally. and, and wouldn't the world be a better place in a lot of ways? Especially, wouldn't Facebook be a better place if some people, when they were ready to type, write something political or religious or something about, like, if they stopped for a second and said, you know what? This should probably go in my journal <laughs> and totally. not on the totally. – and so – I think that there's some freedom there. It's funny. And I was trying to think about, I read a Facebook post earlier today about a friend of mine who said he only dated women that started with like in his history, he'd only dated women that started with like four different letters. And I don't know why that got me thinking about the women I dated, but then I, I'm at the age when I've been married so long. I'm like, what was the name of that other girl? And I'm trying to think of the other girl and eventually I figured it out, but it took me like 20 minutes to like actually dive in or maybe longer. Whereas if I had kept a journal, I'm like, hold on, I dated her back in this. Let me take a look at the journal. <laughs> oh, that was her name. Like that may not be the best use case of it, but things right. like my son building a fidget spinner out of Lego. He did that a couple of Oh, you posted ago. that on Facebook. That was so cool. Yeah, that is in my journal. And I use an app called Day One on my Mac, and you can get it for iPhone, iOS, and there's one on Android called Journey. And okay. what I do is I attach a picture to every journal entry. So if I – because we take pictures all day long, right? right. And so – that was in my journal entry. So it's like Colton made this amazing fidget spinner. And then I told the story behind it. And I don't normally write it out. And I know we're tired at the end of the day. I normally do my journals. I normally recite it. Like the dictation on these devices is pretty good. Nice. And I also am not going to be publishing this thing. So if somebody – like if I say my wife's name, Anne, it always shows up as and. Like it always <laughs> shows up. So – I can look at this entry and go, oh, well, that's supposed to be Anne, so I'll just right. change that later. But I'm not worried about editing it. I'm just right. worried about doing it consistently and getting it out there. And I can look back at entries like my daughter had a band concert. My son hit his first home run in baseball, and oh, I can tell so you what cool. day it was. Like that's why we do it because if I asked you what did you do on May 3rd, 2016, you'd go, I don't know. Like Tropical Think Tank, I made entries every single day. Nice. I'm going to be able to remember that trip forever and ever. And not only will I be able to remember it, but if my wife read my journal, if I let her, <laughs> <laughs> just depends on what I put in there. But you'll be able to see, you know, like, oh, wow, yeah, I remember that. There's so much value there. And it literally doesn't have to take any more than five minutes a day right. to do. Can you do those apps? So the apps were called Day One and Journey. Is that right? Yeah. I will link to those in the show notes. So for those of you listening and want to check those out, if you go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 142 and I'll have those linked up. So can you search in those apps? So like, let's say you want to find the day of the first home run again. Can you do yep. a search terms like first home run and it would pull yep. up? Okay. In day one, you can okay. tag things. So if okay. you want to like name them after the person or whatever, you could do that too. Okay. I mean, I've been writing in day one. If I was to look right now, you know, I could tell you like it's something that's been there for, you know, and I remember that during my talk, I actually put it up, right? Like I actually put up yeah. one of my journal entries and one of them was uh, writer's block. And I think I had an expletive in there. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> right? I think I remember. Yes. Yeah, because the key was to actually be able to say, okay, you know what? Like this is how bad it was. So I could tell you right now that, okay, so on February 12th, 2016, I spent a lot of time walking. I started thinking about building my own paper planner, which – and this is February 2016. We're now working on that right now, who, by the way, I'm working on it because I met somebody at Tropical Think Tank and oh, we're cool. working on it together. Oh, nice. I met a guy at a book club named Chris who is a big productivity fan. We hang out. He actually introduced me to the Muse meditation device, which I now own. Grace turns 11 the next day. I have some stuff I need to do in the morning before my attention turns to her day in the afternoon. 
The first thing I'll do is go over a sauna because there's a lot in there. Anyway, it's an early night for me again. I'm training my body to get ready for the East Coast, and that means an 11 o'clock bedtime. Boo. I'll be back <laughs> tomorrow. Like, I can look back and see things and know, you know, that this is what happened on that day. And I yeah. can go as far back right now if I scroll all the way back in this app. And day one's been around for a while. My first entry in this was 2012. Oh, wow. So cool. Yeah. That's amazing. I want to go back to the theming for a minute. Something that sure. occurred to me when we were talking about or when you were talking about like to being task oriented and coming home in the evening and being so tired. I think something that happens a lot with families is that we get home in the evening for working parents, especially you get home and you're tired. And so like you do the bare minimum and which still feels like a lot of hurdles. I'm not saying it's easy to do the bare minimum. It's like still a lot of stuff, but you do the bare minimum and you get the kids in bed and then you're like, okay, like I'm just going to sit down and chill out because this is the time I have to sit and chill. And by the time you're doing that, it's like all you can imagine doing. But what ends up happening is then all of the tasks get saved for the weekend, all the like annoying things like the laundry and the grocery shopping and what all those that all get saved for the weekend. And then your weekend becomes full of just running from task to task and cross to have like to complete this to do list. And I've heard a lot of families, especially some of my good friends talking about how it's like you basically live from weekend to weekend and the weekends are just filled with getting stuff done. It's not really even often really fun quality time. And I'm imagining if you were more disciplined about theming your days, that even if you had like two or three themed evenings a week, that you could then get some of that stuff done and knocked out that would otherwise be put off to the weekend. And then you have more weekend time, or you could spend some of your weekend time going back to the meal stuff that we talked about, spend mm -hmm. a, have a meal planning day or planning day as you have it on Sunday. And then that frees up a ton of your time that would otherwise be spent on physical time prepping dinner or mental time thinking all day long, like, Oh God, what am I going to do for dinner? So I think both of those create so much freedom by just committing a little bit of time to theming. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners 
listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, it's all about the margin you can create. And I mean, right. what I love about I talk about mode based work as well as part of time crafting. And there's like five different categories of modes. And one of those categories is energy based modes. So what I often tell people who work like extensive hours or the parents who and we have this where, you know, they're working opposite shifts. So they're never really home very much together. So how do they leverage that time when they're together or, you know, that kind of thing is I say, look, Look at your tasks according to energy, not just time. So, for example, if you're wiped at the end of the day, instead of if you've themed your days, you've got this much more of an ammunition because it's like, oh, it's Thursday night. Thursday is learning night, but I'm tired. Let me look at all the brain dead learning I can do. Right. <laughs> right, right. Right. So you can really drill you down. Can make it low energy. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, there are tasks that you know that you could do that. Like laundry is a brain dead task. Right. It really is totally. like and frankly, I mean, it's not like we have a washboard that we have to do it ourselves. Like we throw <laughs> them in the, you know, I mean, yes, we do have to turn the clothes inside and it frustrates us and all that stuff. But frankly, if we're getting a little bit angry, that's going to raise our endorphin levels a little bit. Right. But um, <laughs> but but things like packing lunches, like for some people, packing lunches might t- be a, very energetic. For me, it's a brain dead activity. Right. I could do it in my sleep because it's been done so long and I haven't fought the kids on what they're going to eat versus what they're not, you know, and plus we plan the meals far enough ahead that we know that something is in the fridge that they're going to eat. And you got to remember, this is not going to be like an overnight solution. It's going to take like when I tell people to theme their days, I don't look at the current week. I say, let's look two weeks later at the bare minimum, because already like the next two weeks are already pretty much set. So look at two weeks from now and say, oh, okay, well, here's what normally happens during a week. Wednesday night is ball practice. Thursday morning is choir, you know, Saturday, so-and-so has to work or, and then what you can do is you can, again, you work backwards from your certainties, but you can't do that if you're trying to do that. Like if you start doing what I say right after this episode to the next day, you're going to say this won't work. Well, of course it's not going to work. Don't have a theme day tomorrow. (laughs) No, 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 no. But look to, and then what you do is you theme it and then you look again a few more weeks ahead to see if it's going to work, like before the weeks actually show up. And then you look backwards and say, okay, can this work next week? Well, it can work on these days, but not this one. Or, you know, and by the way, if it can't work at all for the week that you're in or even the next week, then start two weeks from now. Like just start to add, start to put the pieces in place. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? So I think that these are the things. And again, focus on your energy levels. You're a morning person. 
do your high energy stuff in the morning. If you're an evening person, do them at night. If it's the other way around, then, you know, I mean, do the low energy stuff in the morning. Like this morning before I sent my son to school, I didn't pack his lunch last night. I packed it this morning. I am no good to anybody in the morning, but I could certainly pack a lunch. That's not a big issue. You know, I will prep my meals, breakfast meals the night before. I have a very specific evening routine. And that's something else you should have too is a morning routine, but also an evening routine. If you're just working until you crash, then your brain is doing work while you're sleeping. And sometimes it's not good work. If you can actually say, you know what, before I go to bed, I'm going to pack the lunches for tomorrow. I'm going to set out the clothes for the next day. If that's what you do, I'm going to get my glass of water in the bathroom. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to write my journal. I'm going to go to bed. Then you've basically bookended your day. And when you bookend your days, that's creating a framework. And I always say that a day is kind of like a puzzle, you know, like a jigsaw puzzle. The easiest thing to do is start from the edges, right? Because at least you know what those look like. The middle pieces are the ones that you've got to kind of worry about. So again, these boundaries, and this is all about setting boundaries. Once you do that, then it's going to make things easier and time is going to be working for you rather than against you. Right. And that totally makes sense. So I've totally started focusing on low energy tasks with your permission after you talked about them at Tropical Think Tank. And that was really freeing to me because I know that a lot of times I feel pressure on a Monday to like hit the ground running and be super goal oriented. And a lot of times I feel like Monday is just among entrepreneurs can be a day that's like you're really meant to like start the hustle hardcore mm-hmm. at the beginning of every week, which that's a struggle for me. So I've really embraced low energy tasks on Mondays, especially first thing Monday morning. And it's so great because it's like permission to just be like Monday morning is like not my jam. And I know it's not my jam. So I'm going to do some real simple stuff on Monday morning or the day that we've come back. Like if we've just come back from a long weekend or a trip or something, then knowing that like the next day, I'm not going to dive into work right after I drop Vinny off at school. I'm going to do some low energy stuff. Like give myself permission to like do a little laundry, do things around the house. Like I'm not going to just dive into eight hours of work when I got home late the night before from a family trip. And so that's been really, really freeing and really helpful to prioritize my time in that different way. And the other thing is, is when you're theming your days, keep those school pro D days in mind too and holidays in mind. Like Friday is deep work day for a number of reasons. Number one, primarily it's the end of the week. I'm kind of at the point now where I want to get, you know, I don't want to be around a lot of people and I want to kind of focus (laughs) on stuff, but also I can afford to lose a deep work day. If it's a pro D day, then that's a day I can afford to lose. I can't afford to lose a coaching day. I can't afford to lose an admin day. And I certainly, why is my audio video day on a Wednesday? When was the last time a holiday happened on a Wednesday? Can you think of one? Right, right. No. Kids are never home on Wednesdays, right? So I can always record and not worry about being interrupted. But I'm certainly not going to schedule my recording day on a Friday for the very reason that the kids might be home, right? right? And and that's not fair for me to say, hey, 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 keep it down, keep it down. Like, that's not, that's not why I'm doing what I'm doing. And Mondays are the same. Like, Monday is my coaching day. Now, now you're going to say, but wait a minute, Mondays have holidays. Yeah, but my wife is home on Mondays. So I can get away with that, right? right? Like, I can do that. Whereas, you know, Fridays, my wife is not. So I cannot. So and because I finished my workday on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 2.30 when my son gets out of school, I look at that as like nine hours from 2.30 to 5.30 that I'm basically giving back to my family, right? Which is what I should be doing. So when Sunday is planning day, again, another day I can afford to lose part of if I need to. That's why Sunday is planning day. That's why it's not family day because they're getting family time from 2.30 to 5.30 in those other slots. So it's again about being strategic about it, being realistic, and then 
honestly, again, making sure don't be so rigid to say, well, if it's coaching day, then I only do coaching stuff. Yes, it's supposed to be your overarching focus. But if you were to say, hey, Mike, can you hop on a call on Monday? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I can do that. It's an appointment. I'll make it happen. That's an exception rather than the rule. So again, it's about personalizing the process because if you don't own it, then it's going to own you. Totally. Yeah, I agree. And especially with life as parents, I think that the children's lives run away with you real quickly. And we're now as we're getting into summertime, same idea that like, if you don't have control of it, and you don't have some management around it, your summer will fly by and you'll be a little bit bitter that like you lost your summer to your children's schedules, and you didn't get to do the things that you wanted to do. And so I totally agree that it's something can, that you own or it owns you. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Are you recording podcasts during the summer? I am. But I'm actually, I'm so proud of myself. And I think you'll be proud too. So I will be putting out new podcasts all summer long. But in terms of the recording, I'm working very hard to do some pre-recording, which is not totally my style. But I can already tell with the stuff that we have going on this summer that I'm going to need to do some of that. And so even this week, I've recorded some extra episodes. And already I'm like, Oh, I feel so good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? Is like, there's two things that happened with me with my podcast. First off, once I started, and by the way, delegation, like my daughter now mows the lawn, by the way, she's now trained to mow the lawn, which is great. Oh yeah. She's 12. Okay. She's 12. So, and now she's doing the neighbor's lawn who's paying her 20 bucks. I'm like, I could do the neighbor's lawn for for 20 bucks, but no, it's really good because, and the other thing is she used to have a paper route. And she decided that she didn't want to do that anymore, but she still wants to earn money. So what Ann and I did was we said, okay, fine. Well, you don't want to lose that $40 a month you're getting from the paper route. We want to have a babysitter on retainer. So you're on retainer for $40 nice. a month. So if she gives us notice that she wants to do something with her friends yeah. in enough advance, then we won't plan anything. But if I'm like, hey, Grace, I got to go work at like today, I could say, hey, you know, I'm going to go work at the coffee shop from 3.30 to 5.30. You're on retainer. You watch your brother. She basically does it. We don't pull it that often, but it's nice to have that in our pocket. But the interesting thing is, is that so if you can delegate stuff like there's the first thing I gave up with my podcast was editing it. Yes. I never even started. I never have edited my podcast. I love, but I I loved editing. I love doing that audio stuff. I really do. I was terrified to do it. But I followed Chris's advice, you know, the idea of what are the things that you can do do, but others can do better. And that was kind of like the three lists of freedom thing, right? So I threw that off to her. And now, you know what, if someone, if he was to leave, I'd be like, okay, who do I get to edit the podcast? I will never go back to editing my own podcast. Same thing with some of the other things. But what I found that by creating that audio video day on Wednesday, that my last podcast recording will be the, because my kids are out of school starting the last week of June, they finish and they don't go back till September. I'm not recording a single podcast episode with guests during the months of July and August. Okay, now you've given me something to aspire to. <laughs> well, And it feels great. Just because, and here's the great thing, is that you can still record your intros and outros right. at other times, right? Yeah. Like, But it's it's the interviews that right. matter, getting right? The, getting the meat. And, and so no show notes. No, like, I'm not worried about that. I just want to get the interviews done. Because now when Wednesday, the first Wednesday in July shows up, which is July 5th, I think, I will still be working on podcast stuff, but it will be show notes, image creation, you know, all those transcripts, all right. that stuff. Won't right. be a single recording done. And I'll probably do some video stuff, which, by the way, my daughter is going with me to VidCon this year. <gasps> oh, so, yeah, yeah, which is coming up in a few weeks. I know that this is airing after that. But she might want to help me with video. Yeah. So. I think the thing is, again, if you start to plan when you theme your time, whether it's you're going to do a combination of daily, horizontal, or just do one or the other, think about like how that will future-proof you down the road like you have to know, okay, you know what? Summers, 
I don't want to have to have the lack of a better term, the burden of going, okay, you know what? There's going to be an interview happening while the kids are home. And that means that they're going to have to be quiet, which means they can't have the freedom they want, which means I'm going to be frustrated. Just eliminate that. If you can eliminate that. Right. And, and I've been able to. Oh, I'm already looking forward to it. And I love doing podcast interviews. I love talking to people. But the fact that I'm doing it on my terms makes right. it that much more appealing. Totally. Totally. Okay. So we want to find out where we can find you. So that will be our final, final question. But prior to that, I want to know, we all want to can, know. Can we, can we do the lightning round? Oh yeah, I'll, yeah, for sure. I'll I wanted to be respectful fast. of your time. Okay. No, so no, 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 no. I got, I got time. Okay, so. cool. So we and, will do. I'm, I'm sure your audience wants to see if I can answer questions. Oh, really, really I'm quickly. sure they do. Yes. <laughs> it's always good to get a shameless dad doing the lightning round. So all tell right. us first, in what ways are you a shameless dad? I'm unabashed in terms of me being a kid in this house just as much as I am being a dad, I think. So nice. I'm, I'm probably the third kid. As <laughs> so shout out to Anne for all the mothering she does. Yeah, so, who knows when she comes back after the next five days? She's away right now. Who knows what she'll come back to? <laughs> and tell us where we can find you and then we'll hop into the lightning rounds. So you have your podcast. Yeah. I know you have some other resources for us. So Tell us everything. You know what? I'm just going to tell you one URL you can okay. go to that you can find everything. Productivityist.com slash shameless mom. Just go Perfect. there and I'll list everything there. And I'll also nice. have a couple little bonus things for all the shameless moms out oh, there. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. So yeah, that will be linked in the show notes. If you go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 142 and you can find that link. But like Mike said, it's also productivityist which is a long word, by the way. Yeah, but hard <laughs> to say. Com. It's funny, when I typed it out, I was like, did I put the right eyes in the right places? <laughs> <laughs> so productivities.com forward slash shameless mom. And you can find everything Mike has for us. Okay, so lightning round. Here we go. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? Watching pro wrestling in my office. Oh, no real housewives? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like my reality TV to be really, really, really <laughs> Real and graphic, which Real Housewives is too, but in a different way. <laughs> Current book you're reading or the last one you read? I am currently reading The Principles of Scientific Management by Frederick Taylor. I know, yawn. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's a short read. But again, like I said, I'm obsessed about like this yeah. stuff right now. And the book I read most recently before that was Jeff Goins' new one, Real Artists Don't Starve. Oh, is it good? It's really good. It's really good. So you should pick it up. Jeff Goins was also a speaker at Tropical Think Tank, and he spoke about writing, and he's a great writer and such a great guy. So yeah, I'm sure that will be a really great I, I think I think it's his best book to date. Oh, I'm looking forward to checking it out for sure. What's one morning ritual you can't live without? My AeroPress coffee. Nice. Who is your biggest inspiration? Who? I would say that my biggest inspiration is probably my mother-in-law. My father-in-law passed away a number of years ago and she just keeps going. Like she has so many irons in the fire and she doesn't seem terribly stressed about it. And she's living in the Yukon on her own. All her kids are elsewhere. She's just a real trooper. And, you know, I see what she does and it's, it's a real inspiration. Oh, that's so cool. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, the superpower I would give them is that the laundry would be automatically turned the right way when it goes into the <laughs> yes. <basket. laughs> that would be because boring. it's a pain in the ass. It is. And, and here's the other problem: is when you've got like I've got a boy and a girl. Is that 
you know, luckily I'm at the point now where Grace doesn't want me going near her laundry, but it's like, you know, if that ever happened, I'm like, you know, I just want to have it where I can just dump it in. Right. So this is my dilemma with that. I can't figure out. So Vinny's four and like, he's not quite to the point that he can turn his own laundry inside out. It would be time consuming and just annoying for me probably. So I can never figure out if I should turn it the right way when it's dirty before I put it in the wash, which is generally what I do, but it grosses me out because I'm like, putting my hands inside of dirty clothes. So so this is what you do. You you have a front load washer or a top load. We're old school. We're top load still. Same here. So what you do is you do that and then do you use laundry detergent or powder? Liquid. Okay. Okay. So what you do is you do that and then you put a little bit of liquid laundry detergent on your hands and then as the water is pouring in, just wash your hands. (laughs) Good call. Because I thought if I do it after, then I'm like stretching everything out by putting And not only that, but it's not going to get clean. It's not totally true. That's true. And the right surfaces wouldn't get as clean. Okay. Yes. So that's what you do. I'm doing it the right way then. I just need to scrub. Just take a little bit of laundry detergent off. Like, you know how when you're pouring it out of like the liquid and there's like the little bit of residue that's on right. just, the just take drops. your hand and grab it and then just, totally. you know, rub your hands together and then it's done. done. Okay. I'm, I've solved my problem that's of a, that, the universe. Today. That's a life hack. There you go. Nice. You, totally there's, it is. there's your life hack using the laundry soap on yourself. Awesome. There you go. Well, Mike, <laughs> I really appreciate you spending time today in the Shameless Mom Academy and I appreciate the work that you're doing and the freedom that you're giving to so many people by helping them add structure to their life and helping them add routines that really create more simplicity in their life so they can be doing the things that they really love and adding things to their life that really mean more to them. So thank you so much for joining us and spending time with us today. For having me. I had a great time. We will talk again soon. Two quick notes before I let you go. First of all, remember that show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 142. So anything that Mike mentioned, any links he mentioned, and the whole page that he set up for us over at productivityist.com is all over on the show notes. So again, that's shamelessmom.com. Click on episode 142. And make sure you pop over to smamastermind.com to learn more about the Summer Self-Care Club. It's a four-week program I'm taking moms through to help you take better care of you this summer, actually spend a little time on yourself, learn to love spending time on yourself, but also really learn to find ways to maximize your energy, find ways to implement tiny habits that make a huge difference in your day, and find ways to just make some powerful changes in your routines that will really allow you to build a better life, a more positive life, a more powerful life. So again, head over to smamastermind.com. If you want to join us for that four-week program, early bird pricing is good until Monday night at midnight. That's Monday night, July 10th. I can't wait to have you join us. Thank you for joining Mike and me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. If this is your first time listening, know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, you can subscribe over there. That takes you right into our iTunes store. I can't wait to have you back here in a couple days for another fantastic episode of the Shameless Mom Academy. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners 
on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.